Coming up, we do a review of Secret Life of Pets and tell you whether it's a secret worth telling on this episode of Dispop. Dispop is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect vacation. Visit them on the web at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everybody. I am your host, Rhino Clavin, and joined with me for this review of The Secret Life of Pets is Craig Williams. Hello. I don't thank know why. you for having me. Yeah, thank you yes. for coming. I don't know why I'm speaking with that staccato. I don't, staccato? I don't staccato? know either. I don't think that's but the right word. That was, a, that was a great intro you just had there. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have went with The Secret Life of Pets, The Secret Worth Telling. I would have went with, coming up, we have a review of Pet Story. Like Toy Story? Yeah. Uh, because, let's, let's be real, it was essentially the same movie. It, it, it's pretty much... There needs to be a word for the genre of movie when the door closes and things come to life. Yeah. Because even Toy Story is not the first one to do that. But yeah. Wasn't there in that movie Batteries inclu- not included? Do you remember that? The toys came to life inside of their packaging? Um, Kind of. I remember that. I know the first one that I can remember was, but just as me growing up that I've actually seen all the way through, um, in 1986, Jim Henson Company did a Christmas special called uh, The Christmas Toy. And that was essentially the plot is that the toys all start coming to life. And then that was spun off into a uh, into a series then in the early 90s that aired on like Disney Channel and ABC in the morning crap Hmm. like that. So it's yeah, but this one was I don't it was just remarkable how they they channeled Pixar with this one. Yeah. And I don't know that I don't necessarily know that's a ba- I think that's a bad thing or anything, but um, no, no. I I do well before we get into it before we get into too much of it. So we're doing this review on the tenth July tenth on a Sunday here. So the movie's been out for three days now, Friday Saturday today, and um, just this morning they revised the three day estimate haul of this movie is now up to one hundred and three point two million, and yeah. that's far exceeding their expectations which i believed were maybe in the 70s yeah i think originally it was 70s and then saturday morning they updated it to like 85 million and now they updated it again but yeah wow third highest opening this year actually just behind captain america and um shoot i can't remember the other one now it was finding dory finding dory yes Yeah. yeah yeah so that's pretty good good for them I like the Illumination brand yeah. where it's going. I mean, it's really only been Despicable Me, Despicable Me 2, and Minions, but I've enjoyed all of those. But also the Lorax, technically. And then, oh. although it wasn't fully animated portions of it, Hop was also in the Illumination Entertainment wheelhouse. Oh, so they got a little bit of a bad, a uh, little, little I, bit of a brown spot on that. But that's anyway. the bad one. Lorax, I, it was okay. It was, I still haven't seen it. It was okay. It wasn't anything good whereas i think despicable one despicable me one is a great movie despicable me to me two is a it's like one step below great but i wouldn't just call it good yeah and minions it's a great, it's i would a good say sequel. it was good yeah well well for me despicable me two 
it's just it's not as dark as the first one was yeah. and that that's the only thing that it loses a little bit but i guess you kind of can't be because Gru's reformed yeah. and he's got the kids and it still does have that dark sense of humor but the first one that's what i yeah. just made me laugh so much yeah it was that. and it was entertaining what they lost in the darkness they added in more minions yeah and so i enjoyed that but then minions was just a little bit too much minions for my taste well and we have to talk about minions too because the secret life of pets opened with a minion short yes it did do you remember the name of that short? Because um, I can't. No, I don't remember the exact name of it. But while you're looking that up, I will uh, also add on to it. Whenever you said third biggest opening, we have to say it is now the biggest opening for an original animated feature. So, Oh, yeah, because uh, Dory was a sequel. And yeah, Dory, Dory was, was the one sequel. who had it before... Zootopia didn't have like a massive opening; it just had a massive box. No, office, right? uh, the last big opening was I uh, was Inside Out. I want to say that was like ninety million. It was, yeah, you're right. I remember and, that being uh, a huge deal. Yeah, so that was that was the record holder, I believe. I because Zootopia only did like I want to say seventy something on its opening week. Yeah, it did, it did well, but it wasn't like oh, shattering yeah. box office. It, it that one grew. took people by surprise because yeah. of how good it was. Yeah, and so this opens off original, completely original in every way, shape, and form in terms of there hasn't been a sequel. Yeah, it's not a spinoff like Minions was, and just absolutely shatters it i mean we're talking uh inside out made 90 million this may this is projected to make 103 million yeah but it's 13 million dollars more and i mean we're talking about a last year is whenever inside out came out and it's not like ticket prices have gone up increasingly no. this is just this was a very well marketed movie in every way shape and form i mean universal put this in everyone's face uh, almost to the point that it was obnoxious at times. Yeah, well, the, I mean, the advertising, I remember the first trailer for this came out like during the Minion movie last summer, didn't it, or something? It was, I want to say. It was, some, it was at least a year, because I remember being like, I can't believe that movie is coming out in like over a year from now. Um, but it, you know, it was that one trailer that kind of just yeah. kept me hooked. I mean, I liked the other trailers too, but that opening one, the, the one trailer that's basically the opening of this film, yeah. which was a little short, but the Minion short that was in front of this one was called Mower Minions, because it's the, oh, the, yeah. the Minions have seen a commercial and they want to go out um, and buy a uh, banana smoothie machine yes. that um, will... I don't know what, but they so they go in for these old people and try to do some chores and mishap comes and then they they get paid yeah. and they buy another one. They're they're watching the commercial for the smoothie maker and the blender, and they look outside and they see uh, a guy who has his own lawn company get paid by neighbors uh, a twenty dollar bill, and so the blender costs twenty dollars. So all of a sudden, then they hatch this scheme yeah. where they go to this old folks' home and try to get it, and yeah, mayhem ensues i didn't like it not to say that people won't like it i just from it it is nothing that despicable me or even the minions are for me this is like the minions now this is like the minions light it's now like how what are the most ridiculous things we can have the minions do and it it felt like before what I loved about the minions is they kind of like had their own language and they were doing their own thing where I feel like that language has kind of gone out the window for like key words every now and then and just um, antics. Yeah. It it was a tough short. Kids are going to love it. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, the theater that I was in, everyone was laughing extremely loud. It was a, I was in a mostly packed theater though, because I was at a, a preview screening, um, with a bunch of Universal employees, 
and they were just they were loving every second of it. I know kids will love it, um, but for me, it oh, it it was tough. Like, and I don't want to say that it was bad. It just wasn't. It's for it, me. It, it was flat. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, it, what I've loved about the movies they've made so far is that they're both like Despicable Me. I, I know it keeps coming back yeah. to Despicable Me, but that was a great appeal for both adults and children. Yeah. I, like there was a lot of fun jokes in there that I thought were very clever, and that you're gonna get as an adult. And I could rewatch it again and again. This I never will watch ever again. Yeah. It was no. It was just surface level slapstick comedy. Yeah, I feel like. For like massive Disney fans in particular, uh, sometimes they look down on like Looney Tunes cartoons, yeah, and they look at them as more uh, trivial and mindless and just uh, over the top violent. Um, and that's kind of how I think they would feel about this. This was yeah. like compared to like Pixar's shorts in front of their movies. Yeah, this was like a Looney Tune style version, and yeah. that's not a knock. I actually love Looney Tunes. I think right. they're brilliant. Um, but I'm talking about for that one set of obsessed Disney fans, which. Let's be real. That's a lot of people who are listening to us. Yeah. So, um, so it's just, it is what it is. It's 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 nice that they added it. Yeah. I I thought that was cute that they have it, you know? Um, but then you, you get into the movie. Yes. The secret life of pets. Let's go over the plot. Yeah. So you pretty much, if you've seen any commercial, you can gather the plot. It's, it's, first of all, it's basically what pets do when the door closes and the owners yeah. go away for the day. And it's all kind of focused directly on Max, the main dog. Mm-hmm. Um, voiced, voiced by, by Louis C.K. Yeah, who I thought did a great job with the voice. Yes. Um, because he's, I don't I don't hear Louis C.K. very much at all when he was speaking. Like, yeah. I, I can hear it, but it's not him. You know? Yeah, I would say, I mean, we'll take a tangent here real quick, talking about the voice actors in that way. I don't think any voice actor really stood out like eric stone street as duke mm-hmm. um he was his voice kind of stuck out in that he is his voice is that but for the character it felt right the only right. character i think personally that just really didn't fit was kevin hart but i agree with you on that and um but it's also kevin hart and but it, it i mean i guess we can just go into that now but like the bunny for me was like too much sometimes there were moments it's it's actually the bunny at the very end i thought was very funny yeah but there were moments where it just they kind of let the bunny go for too long and it was just it is kevin hart but it's the screaming kevin hart so it's just kind of that's all the bunny did was yell and you're just kind of waiting for the bunny to poop when he yelled which you saw in the commercial and and we'll get to more about the bunny, but uh, so that goes with the plot is that it's all centered around Max and his owner, Katie, mm-hmm. who she leaves for the day. And one day she brings home a Duke. little surprise. Yeah. A giant. A giant Duke. Yeah. Eat. No, gross. No. Um, Sorry. <laughs> That's our childish humor at work here. So, you know, the, the, the movie opens. It shows how, like, Duke just is in love with Katie, how their relationship is just wonderful. And Max. it's him narrating. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Max. And then, you know, like like Craig said, Duke just shows up one day and Max is just, like, flabbergasted at this giant dog that has now invaded his space. It's very, in a similar way to Toy Story, it's very Woody and Andy yeah. is Max and Katie. And then Duke, Buzz Lightyear comes in except in this case uh it's you know buzz wanted to get back home where duke doesn't have that he just wants to take over and be top dog yeah and not even in a malicious way it's just kind of like he starts with being like maybe we could share this bed maybe maybe we could take turns like you sleep on the floor tonight and i'll sleep in your bed tonight and duke's like no max max i'm sorry i'm gonna be correct yeah (laughs) max just will say like no this is my bed you sleep on the floor and so 
Max just kind of hates Duke. Yeah. So then one day they're out uh, getting walked. Well, it's okay. So this whole movie, I think, takes place. The majority of it is in one day. The the action. You think that was all in the same day? Then yes, because well, so she brings Duke home. Oh yeah, and it's overnight, and then pretty much all the. Um, the actual main body of this movie is one day. Yeah, yeah, because because right. yeah. um, Duke knocks over a, a vase by accident, and Max oh, yeah. is like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that." Katie's gonna be so mad, and he's like, "Oh, this is how I'm gonna get rid of this dog." So he starts knocking over everything to blackmail Duke, and then then the dog walker comes and brings him for a walk, which makes me wonder. That's the only reason why I kind of questioned it first, but I guess you're right. At the end, she comes home, and, and it's still the mess. Yeah. It's still a mess. But what did the dog walker say? Something. <laughs> in and sees just that's you know i'm only realizing that right now as we're saying this too because yeah. i was kind of like it just cuts to them being walked and i'm like uh well the dog walker also didn't notice he was missing dogs either so yeah that's he a just, good point he was terrible yeah he probably had headphones in or something but yeah so they're uh they're out on their little walk and uh basically they're out playing in a park and they kind of they they get away i don't want to give too much but duke kind of is attempting to get rid of Max. Well, because um, yeah, because he's fed up with Max being yeah. a jerk to him. Like he, Max is being very demeaning by making him fetch a stick for him. Yeah, and here we're we're not going to spoil too much, but uh, for some people out there, you might think this is slightly spoilerish going into what the plot is. Um, so if you want to skip ahead, maybe two minutes right now, just yeah, go ahead and do that. But um, so yeah, they end up in an alleyway where. They get uh, bombarded by creepy creatures, all uh, these these weird pets. Okay, that's in one of the commercials, though. Yes, that is. That yeah. is. And then you also see Animal Control Services. Because I did like the, up. what's going on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. pretty much, for me, was probably the funniest part of the movie. Yeah. Oh, no, I have a, I have a different funny part. But anyways, yeah, so Animal Control Services gets them. Uh, eventually, they get broken out by this just all these like hodgepodge of hodgepodge creatures that have been like like you know the ones that you would think like mommy and daddy got a pet and then they got rid of like you know the rumor is there's alligators in new york city because this whole movie takes place in new york yeah they're they're the sewer pets and uh so they that duke and max end up with them and but they're they're a bad crew. Uh, that's well, where their plot is to take is to murder yeah. humans. It's not even just like they're not like tiptoeing around like oh we want to take over the world. It's no literally the chanting is we're going to kill all of the human like the yeah. owners. Yeah, which I, I did enjoy that part. And uh, so to kind of keep in with that, uh, Duke and Max had to act like they were along with that, but really they didn't want to be there for any of it. So they do work up a, a scheme to escape. And then, of course, the plot is they want to try to get back home. And luckily, at the same time, the next door neighbor dog, Gidget, voiced by a Jenny Slate, who's done a great. slew of uh, animated, animated voices yeah. lately, but she's great at it. No, she was fantastic. Perfect fit and, uh, for that dog's voice. She she leads a bunch of the other pets that are also in Max apart Max's apartment to set out and try to find Max, who she is she, deeply in love with. Yes, and and there is a funny scene in the when she sets out to do this because she goes to the roof to look for Max yeah. and she finds a pet up here and it's a uh, uh, an eagle. Or falcon. A falcon, yeah. And she kind of, who kind of like tries to trick her into eating her. And it's voiced by Albert Brooks, yeah. who's great. And it's just so great, but he like. 
you know, he says how lonely she is. And she says, okay, well, if you help me, I'll be your best friend. And he has like a dream montage of them being best friends. And so it's, it's this, this, it's a funny group of collection because he just tries to eat every time he sees something, he kind of like wants to eat it. And she always has to be like, Hey, let it go. Like, so it's, I don't know. I liked that character. No, I like that character too. Of course. I loved pops who you see in the trailer. voiced by Dana Carvey. Yeah. Yeah, Which is crazy. Cause I didn't even realize it was Dana Carvey till later. And I was like, Oh yeah, that was Dana Carvey. This was one of the reasons why I was so excited to see that. It's his first time ever being an animated voice. He, uh, really? Yeah. He's basically been out of Hollywood now for about, uh, 10 to 15 years because he was raising his kids. He was happy with the money he was making. Uh, there was a long time ago, he turned down a, re- a revolving job in Vegas that he would have made like $50 million to do stand-up every night in there. And he oh, just wow. completely shut it down. He was he was content with what he was doing. So uh, this was the first time he really, uh, he, he really came out. And despite having offers, I was listening to an interview that he did on the Comedy Bang Bang podcast. And he apparently was offered the lead role in Ratatouille. They wanted him for... Really? Remy, for the Patton Oswalt part? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. You know he's like 61 years old? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I know That means is. he was like 40 when they were shooting. He was almost 40 when they were shooting Wayne's World. He looks yeah. good. Good for you, Dan well, Carvey. Big nah, fan he would have. That was 25 years ago. He would have been 35-ish. What? What? Think about it. Hey, well, Wayne's World's like 93, right? It was, well, whenever it first appeared on SNL, that was like 91. Oh, okay. So, yeah, once Wayne's World, the movie, was coming out, yeah, it would be right. You're about right. But that's getting into the nitty-gritty. But anyway, yeah, sorry. Um, Dana Carvey. But I I thought he was fantastic in this. Uh, It was definitely a good choice. Yeah. Um, to bring him in his crotchety old man voice is just absolutely the cat i really liked the woman who did the fat cat's voice as well yeah Yeah. i don't know who she is she's uh in a lot of stuff she was in the um she's been in a lot of like tv shows and stuff recently she was in the wet hot american summer uh first day of camp oh really um a a good amount of stuff you children's hospital yeah a lot of funny stuff oh donna she's very funny yeah, I know who this is. Oh yeah, yeah, good for her. She was good. I liked. Her. I thought her voice was really funny yeah. too. And her and uh, pops. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the plan was to kill yourself. <laughs> no, I uh, I I really enjoyed all of the voice acting in it. Uh, I mean, you mentioned Albert Brooks, of course, Marlon from finding Dory. yeah which was- is which is crazy to me i didn't expect it and you're just like oh but it wasn't like oh there's marlon's voice yeah no it you was know? it was completely separate um, yeah it, just a completely different take on that which is funny because a lot of albert brooks is that he just really does that one voice yeah uh the normal albert brooks so this one was refreshing i just i again i was blown away ellie kemper and uh, her small role is Katie, barely in it. But even then, it didn't stick out to me that that was Ellie Kemper. It, yeah, I, I could at one. It was like one part. I was like, I was trying to like listen. I yeah. was like, oh wait a minute, that's Kimmy Schmidt. Like yeah. I was like, okay. No, I, um, overall fantastic though. They're good like that. I think yeah. that they do a good job of blending those voices very well. Yeah, this it, was Pixar know. style voice casting. Yeah, unlike if. Uh, I'm getting really tired of seeing trailers for Ice Age, the newest. Oh one, my gosh! Which, I don't. First off, what in the world? Why do they need a fifth Ice Age movie? You know what else really annoys me about it? In the in the whatever they say, the prehistoric trilogy of all times, and I'm yeah. like, no, no. You, I, I get 
I get the word you're trying to use, but that implies you've just made a trilogy, exactly. and this is the fifth movie. It makes no sense, but that's that is. I think the twist casting. in this movie too, by the way, is going to be that they're not actually on our planet; they're on a different planet. Probably, yeah, probably. So, but anyway, but yeah, the the voice acting for that it's it's all it, you'd never get into it. I don't believe that Ray Romano is that character, and we've talked about this on other animated things we've done. Um, I think DreamWorks is also really guilty of this. Where now I can say that Illumination has officially solidified themselves as great. It casting yeah. for voices uh, between Despicable Me movies as well as this one. Now they they really they really know what they're doing whenever it comes to that realm. Yeah. So the, well, that's so we, that's as far as we should go into the plot yeah. too, because I it does get a little. It, but the movie itself is very much a buddy adventure. Yeah. You know the misunderstood. Gr- you know, couple that goes on an adventure that learns to like each other and then overcome odds. And then of course there's that twist in it where just when you think everything's going good and they like each other, you know, some things yeah. are brought to light and then they don't like each other. And then, yeah. you know, it's, so it's, it's pretty, pretty stereotypical yeah. there. Yeah, no, it was extremely, there was the, nothing original about this movie. We'll say that again and again, there just, there wasn't. The animation is really, really good though. I, I like it. I, we, neither of us saw it in 3d, but I will tell you there were a lot of moments where this movie, I think was very much conceptualized for 3d because the opening shot, the way it was moving through yeah. New York and like through cities, I think that was kind of like, we're justifying your money at, for paying for the 3d. Yeah, I could, without like doing overly gimmicky effects, I could tell yeah. that this was meant to be seen in 3d. I just didn't have that option unless I would have paid to go see it. So yeah, my, my movie time was like fell in that weird in between, but, um, but yeah, the, the animation's great. The story is just, it is what it is. It's, there's just nothing on top of it. Um, I will say, I, I thought that there were some actual hilarious moments in it. Um, the, (laughs) the one for me, spoiler, skip ahead. Um, not too far in the sewer scene, whenever the snake, has its uh death scene oh yeah that was pretty funny yeah <laughs> yeah that that was flat out and i i don't want to steal it because i read it from another review but i it was my immediate thought whenever i saw it in theaters that was straight up looney tunes it was it could have just been the the first initial blow that yeah. caused the death but then they <laughs> just went and overdid it yeah uh, stuff somebody made a comment after it too that i thought was really funny like it, it was like duke said something yeah and i was like oh that's funny um no i i like that moment um the kind of tripped out psychedelic hot dog factory sequence oh yeah that was really good too it was just so stupid it was funny um and like those those were the absolute two highlights uh in terms of the funniness for me however i felt um that this movie had a lot of issues with pacing i felt like the first 10 minutes uh was when all the exposition happened five of that 10 minutes is all the stuff we saw in previews yeah and then i felt like the whole setup to the dog walking to the being taken by animal services being broken out that stuff just drug for me and it was only 20 minutes um well it's because it's because we know that that's not where the movie is and maybe like if you haven't seen any of the trailers you'll probably that stuff will be great for you but we've seen that trailer so many times in front of so many movies that you yeah, know it was just it's it's not i don't want to say stale but it was it's like watching you know this that technically means that's about the eighth or ninth time we've at least that we've seen yeah. that part of the movie i i thought it was the first third was very stale it wasn't paced well at all yeah the back half was but that's why it, at the end of the day i mean we'll get to our scores later but 
this movie was very average for me. It wasn't anything spectacular. And that's because that first third for me, it just, it brought it all to a grinding halt. It had to really trudge through. Um, But on the flip side, Kylie pointed out, and I totally agreed with her, this, because of kind of the whole plot point and the type of movie it was, I think it will connect so well for kids because they could just miss bits and pieces of this movie and never have a hard time of putting together yeah. what happened. Um, it's like, I even, I'll, I'll admit it. I fell asleep for portions of the first third. It just, it really didn't connect with me. And I was able to wake up still instantly pick up on everything that I missed and then enjoyed very much the last two thirds of the movie. Yeah. I would, I would agree with you about connecting with it. I was thinking that, there's, and it doesn't have to have this, but we've had Zootopia that came out earlier this year that dealt with like racism, ignorance, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff, profiling, stereotyping, all that. And then you had Finding Dory that was about, you know, even though it was a sequel, it still kind of was about finding your family and overcoming a handicap, you know, in the face yeah. of adversity and, you know, changing people's lives. And this one was kind of just like, here's a kid's movie that is just, it is what it is on the surface. Yeah, it was very good family fun. Uh, it's I, on the lower like if we were do, to do the illumination scale of like who's on the adult side who's on the lower kid side of everything they've made this is definitely the lowest like closest to G that they would yeah this is this movie and I, I won't even try to butter it up in any way this is way more geared at catching kids than it is keeping adults that's not saying adults won't enjoy it right i think from an adult's perspective though it's going to be very mixed whereas you know a lot of pixar movies come out and adults flat out say that was just as enjoyable for me if not more than for the kids yes i would say it is on that level of uh you know kids are loving this and some adults will think it's cute and others will be like and not really for me yeah, you'll like it. It'll be it'll be one of those movies where you'll put it on for the kid and walk away versus yeah. putting it on and sitting down to watch it, you know, again with them. Exactly. I, I completely agree. And, you know, that's good. Every now and then. Uh, you need a straight up, need- like, just a movie that's just for that. You know, that's yeah. and that's fine. And it, it was good. That's the thing is this is a movie that you won't – a child's going to ask you to watch it again. You're not going to be like, ugh. I have to listen to that again. You know, it's not offensive at all. It's not, you know, to the senses by any means. Um, I'll just say I was a little let down because I think my expectation was in the hoping that, you know, that first trailer, the trailers are so funny. And, you know, the very beginning when you learn about Max and Duke, like I had Artie and, you know, I feel like, like, oh, I'm Katie and Artie is um, Max. And then we got Rocket and Rocket is Duke, and, you know, how, like, oh, it was supposed to be perfect, and then the two got along, but now they love each other, you know, that's where I was like, oh, but it didn't really, Yeah, there was a couple of, there was just those, like, one or two moments in the beginning where I was like, oh, they did the owner, the the pet owner relationship very well, but then that's kind of where it stopped. Yeah, I, (sighs) yeah, it just, even as a pet owner, it didn't connect with me yeah. in that way. I think it was because uh, a lot of it, to me, it, where it really disconnected was in the climax. Um, and I'll just say there was a scene in the climax that was almost like you have to believe that someone was working at Pixar and at Illumination at the exact same time. We're talking about the water scene? Yes. Okay. Um, there is a vehicle Oh, and, yeah, and I, I, I didn't even think of that. Being yeah. Driven and a water scene. And it's just 
for uh, I I've got to break it a little bit. I'll just say that characters in the movie. I think you even see it in maybe some of the previews. There are two characters that hijack a bus, and mayhem ensues on a bridge. And where the, where yeah, the disconnect right. in this part comes in is okay. Well, you know it's cute. Uh, Animals other driving, have done uh, driving cars. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny in that way. But you're trying to tell me that like in this world of social media that we live in, there are no people out there who are taking videos of their on their cell phones, sending it to news stations, and how in the world. Did Katie not catch up on any of this? And oh. <laughs> she comes home at the end, and uh, spoiler, they make it back safe and sound and happy. But I can't believe that she would come back and be like, oh, you guys, you're getting so along. I love you. And it's like, did you not? How how could this just be ignored by the masses? How could you not Maybe see she's your a dog nurse. on TV? <laughs> she I doesn't watch a TV. There's just something like that that just was like. You really have to suspend your disbelief, but where you're like, again, where's the pet cam? <laughs> we don't know what kind of universe this is taking place in. Is this in Despicable Me? Uh, it can't be in the Sing universe because there, the, the, the there's a bus that the, when they steal the bus on the bus is a poster for the movie Sing coming out. Yeah, which yeah. is which is their next movie. Which there was a new trailer for that in front of this, and I'm still very excited to see that movie. I actually I didn't get a trailer for it in front of this one. Uh, I it, didn't get this any one was very similar to the last one. It just elaborated on yeah. some of the other side characters a little more um and it the, the reason why i liked the new trailer for sing was because where you're like if you've seen the other trailers in question where you're like wow they're getting on that singing show bandwagon a little late that's actually the plot of the movie is the guy trying to do, to do this singing show the people are like why are you doing another show these are done <laughs> and over with and he's like no i can do it and we'll save the theater so okay, i, I, like I that. appreciated yeah. that where i was like okay well that makes me like it even more that it's acknowledging yeah. that it's by way past the time yeah. you know i i enjoy that that's that's a clever take on it but i will say about the scene with the bus and the animals driving and going in the water this movie was supposed to originally come out in february so i wonder who animated it first that's you know who got there first is one of the things i'm sure it's just pure coincidence but yeah i mean it is a little it, it is now that i'm thinking about it but um but yeah i mean that's I, I think that if you're going to take your kids, nephews, nieces, whoever, whatever, you know, to see this movie, yeah. you'll enjoy it. I think if you're an adult, you know, I mean, and you, you've got your heart set on seeing it, go see it. You, I don't think you're going to be disappointed. However, I think if you missed it and you wait, you saw it like when it yeah. comes out, it's not you're not going to have been like, oh, man, I've missed the craze, you know? Yeah. And that's the, the thing about uh, Finding Dory and Zootopia that is a little bit different than this one. This one. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of families were excited to see this. A lot of kids, uh, a lot of adults too. I think I, I mean, granted, I talk to adults more than children, uh, mm-hmm. but a lot of my friends and uh, family they're talking about being excited to see this, and so. It's like it really they really did a good job of marketing it towards everyone. Yeah, but I don't think they're going to have that repeat because for a parent. You know, maybe if their kids like were so insane about it that they just want to keep them happy and quiet them down, they'll take it to them again. Yeah, they'll take them to the movie again. Uh, but I don't think it's going to get that repeat where adults are also like, "Well, yeah, I'm taking it also because I really enjoyed it. I want to see it a second time." I don't think they're going to have as it's much as it's that. it's kind of like you'll have seen it, and if we weren't doing this review, it would have been like, "Oh, I saw that movie. It was okay. It yeah. was good." Like 
whereas I like when I first saw Despicable Me, I remember being like, oh, I can't believe how funny this was, you know, how dark yeah. this wasn't funny. There was like you have a conversation about it afterwards. This one doesn't really necessarily warrant conversing about for more than like a minute. Yeah, I enjoyed know? it. I was entertained. Yeah. But overall, it was it was just average. But um, it's yeah, it, it is perplexing, though, going back to the the timeline that everything happens on not the timeline the the universe that it happens on where we're seeing a poster for sing on the back but then there are some blatant references yeah, to despicable a, me in there there's a guinea pig or a, uh yeah i think he's a guinea pig and um he gets when he's in a room in the movie you can see on the nightstand there's like a little minion figure yeah and then the pug at the very end of the movie he's dressed up like a minion going to a halloween party yeah. and so there's a lot of those like Oh, and there's a cab driver, and when they go through the cab, you can hear them playing Happy. Yeah. You know, and you're like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, there's all these little inside references. Well, that's when I was like, how many movies have they made? Because they're just referencing that one movie. (laughs) Yeah, no hop, sadly enough. No Lorax references. Well, it's good that this is doing well, because I read this fact earlier about that at this same time last year, there had only been two bombs. It was Tomorrowland and Terminator Genesis, and... um, even Terminator is debatable because it did really well in China. But this year, there have been eight. Yeah. And that's crazy to me. Um, but now, um, I guess the next four weeks, is they're, they're hopeful because Ghostbusters next week, Star Trek, Jason Bourne the week after, and then Suicide yeah, Squad. I want to say it was on Slash Film that I saw this. Uh, they put together a chart. And if I'm being wrong about this, I apologize to whoever came up with it. Um, but it was showing i mean obviously it's no surprise sequels have not done well this summer uh for the most part and the funny part is they put together a chart and basically it showed how if even if it was a sequel if it did well with like rotten tomatoes if it had a high percentage on that then Mm -hmm. the box office actually completely mirrored it whereas something like independence day insurgents very low reviews and it did very low at the box office and it it's actually this year for some reason it's almost trending exactly where if it was a critical hit then it was also a box office hit and that i mean you never i think they're trusting word of mouth a lot more lately because honestly i was thinking about that earlier today is that if i was i was thinking about what a shame it is that independence day took 20 years to make and and i saw the sequel and it's bad and it's terrible and you know i might I might watch it one more time in my life just to be to remind myself, you know, down the road years from now, maybe or something like that. But I I love the first one and I will make a case for the first one being a good movie and a reason why it's still around 20 years later and you can watch it. However, this one, it was just a sequel made to be to be made. And I think people see right through that now is that there, you know, there's no amount of marketing that can hide sometimes when you're just making a I almost said a bad word, a bad movie. Yeah. Um. Versus, like, when people are trying to make these original ones. The same with ter- uh, the Ninja Turtle movie, too. It's yeah. kind of like they were they they didn't they didn't listen to what anybody said about the first one. They just saw that it made money, and they said, "Let's make the second one the same as the first one." Yeah, and I mean, you have the list of upcoming oh, yeah. sequels here or reboots. Well, these are all the uh, the bombs actually. So there was it, it was Alice Through the Looking Glass, Neighbors Two, both sequels, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Two, sequel, Independence Day, sequel, Now You See Me Two sequel yeah. uh, bfg which is unfortunate because it actually got pretty good reviews but and then the legend of tarzan which isn't a sequel per se however it's not necessarily an original property yeah. i mean it's not you know it's based on a property 
it already exists. So um, it's saying that some overseas revenues have helped some of these movies. Like I know that um, uh, Warcraft was an example yeah. where it did terrible here, but it was like a, it's a massive hit in China. Yeah, and so they're saying like, does that count? And I don't know. I think it does still count because it was a movie. I mean, it, I you got to ask who's the audience. You can't make the audience. You can try for a worldwide appeal, but our cultures are very different around the world. Yeah. It's very slim and very rare that other cultures adopt the story same kind of same type of storytelling that we enjoy, and vice versa. That's why we don't have very many classic foreign films. You know, you yeah. get some like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or something like that. I, I, that's Even that one hasn't held in up. recent years. Yeah. And that was all based on the, you know, the we were into that style of fighting from the Matrix because it's the same person. So, yeah, it's just one of those. It's a tough. It's a weird movie. Yeah. Weird summer for movies. I, I think it's going to and it still has a potential to go bad. So we have Ghostbusters coming up, um, which the reviews have been released today. The embargo has been lifted. Yeah. So they're starting to come in. And where are they at right now? Okay, I'm, right now on Rotten Tomatoes, it's in the seventy percentile. Yeah, uh, and the there's going to be a Ghostbuster review later this week, but we'll just discuss it briefly here. Is that it's just tepid in the that they're saying the reason why the number one thing I'm reading is that it's wasn't aggressive enough in being its own thing, yeah. which is ironic since everybody hates it for trying to be its own thing before they've even seen it. So. You know, everyone who's upset that it's not the original, I think you're gonna you will be will have been happy if they go see it. But the people who are happy that it's trying to be different will be unhappy because it's like the original. So yeah. I also have heard that it's also because they feel like the PG thirteen, where they think the rated R version would have been much yeah. better. But but I've heard it's scarier and funnier than the original. That's the consensus as well. Huh. Well, I mean, we'll see. We'll get I- into that, but. I think it's going to be... I'm only saying this on this one because I also think it's family. I I think it's attempting to be... I know it's good PG-13, but I think it's trying to be a family property as well. But the thing about Ghostbusters that... And we don't want to get into it too far, but... I part of the first Ghostbusters to me, I wouldn't say that it sticks out to me because it's funny. That's not why I like it. It was just... I just watched them. I just watched them both this weekend and it's funny, you know... It, it you finish what you're saying, but I'm. It's I think just, I agree. With I, you. I think it's the perfect blend of there was a little bit of there was a little bit of laugh out loud humor that kind of gets brought in with Bill Murray. There's a little bit of dark humor, yeah. mixed into it as well, and then it's just a good. It's a good sci-fi piece, right? It's, it's a cross genre. It, yeah. it reminds me a lot, and I only saw this last year for the first time. That's why I bring it up. American Werewolf in. London yeah. and yeah. I, whereas I didn't know that movie was going to be funny when I watched yeah. it and that movie is straight up funny and then straight up scary as all get out and yeah. then that's what Ghostbusters was a calmer version of that and that was that for that was gremlins yeah scary but funny you know like it it's that weird thing that yeah. they were creating at that time So for me I don't know if I want a funnier Ghostbusters I like it in that way but we'll, we'll, we'll with, get into that with yeah. box office going into it I think what's going to happen with that one if the reviews are ending up being good, then they are going to do well because all those I think it'll people do better than they're projecting. It, yeah, all those people who wanted to hate it are going to end up going to see it just to see. Well, was I wrong about this? Yeah. But if the reviews are mixed right now, which if you're saying it's seventy, that's still that still could be certifiably fresh. But if it falls into that sixty range, the fifty, yeah, I think a lot of people out there are going to say, "Well, see, 
I was right. It's not good. And then they're going to end up not seeing it because of it. And it's going to hurt it. Well, and I want to see how that plays out for Pete's Dragon as well. I know that's a smaller movie not being promoted as heavily. But I also feel like that's a movie that could be waiting to ride on praise from people versus the marketing. So I'm I'm going to... We'll be cute. We'll have to revisit yeah. this conversation toward the end of the summer and yes, see how it played out. But for Secret Life of Pets, in this essence, uh, opening up with such a big draw right there, that's gonna for the all people out in the world that didn't see it this weekend, they're gonna hear that number and they're gonna immediately not even listen to the word of mouth. They're gonna say, "Oh, it was big. We got to go see right, it. Right? Exactly. We yeah. have to go see it." So, oh well, it had a huge. It had an opening bigger than it was projected. So it must something must have gone yeah, right. Yeah. And I think they're gonna get a lot. I mean, this movie is going to make a lot of money. But I don't think it's going to get that repeat value mm-hmm. in the end until then, once it comes out again on Blu-ray. And this will be in every family's home for sure. Yeah. Well, what if you were to give it a percentage? What do you think? I, I still, I would give it a, a 65%. I was going to say 67, yeah. I think. Because it's not... It's not a bad movie, but it's it's like what you've said repeatedly is that it's not, I don't think, a movie for us, to, yeah. designed at us, but I would never say it's not good. I would never yeah. tell somebody not to see it, but I'm never going to rave, you know, I'm never going to sing its praises and yeah, no, we, be uh, like, this was a groundbreaking or a thing movie. But if some, but you know what, if Christmas, when Christmas rolls around and this is out on Blu-ray, I'd probably get it for a couple people. Yeah. Oh, if this was $10, yeah. I would absolutely pick it up. Uh, we talked right after we were done seeing the movies and uh, we, we talked about what number we would get it and at that point you were still saying like in the in the 70s uh mark and obviously now yours has fallen into the high 60s mine was kind of at 65 and it it's still right there so that that says a lot about it it's just it's not a bad movie it's just average yeah it's worth seeing once and if you have kids it is worth picking up yeah agreed so that's that. Let us know um, if you see it. Let us know um, what you guys think. Um, you can tweet us at Diz Pop Show on Twitter. Um, I, there's a Facebook that'll be open soon. Same thing, Diz Pop Show. It's all Diz Pop Show on any social media that you that we're out there on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I said, check it out. Let us know what you think, and we will return with a, another review. I. Are you going to see Ghostbusters? I've been doing a lot of research. Uh, I, this 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 week in Dispop, it's going to be, we have a lot of, I'm calling it a special edition because I'm talking about Ghostbusters 1, 2, the cartoon show, Extreme Ghostbusters, the comic book, the video games, and there's an Arts and Crafts and Drake's video. I'm very, I'm very all about Ghostbusters. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably end up seeing it. I hope, I hope I don't end that week with a horrible <laughs> crap movie, so... I, I, <laughs> I'll, I'll see it just for the sake of uh, that way people don't have to listen to Oliver. I, w- I, I was going to say because <laughs> I had Oliver watch one and two and his feedback on it was uh, he doesn't get very he doesn't he just stays middle of the line all the yeah. time. So I feel like and me as an obsessive Ghostbusters fan, whereas you think it's a product of your time, it would be a better better thing maybe we can even bring oliver in on that one too but yeah um because ghostbusters definitely i mean he's he's a little bit younger than both of us yeah uh, not drastically but um you know the the comedians who were in the original ghostbusters movies that's you know bill murray dan Aykroyd, harold ramis the even um uh, did you say ernie hudson 
sorry yeah ernie hudson wow but not as a comedian obviously just as a fine, he's, fine actor. well he's the straight man yeah, yeah. he's he's great he he's gonna make he made the cover of the second blu-ray just not the first one I, uh, yeah i always think about that <laughs> but uh you know but the comedians at least in it sigourney weaver like those were some of the most prominent figures in my parents yeah. generation so that's why whenever i was growing up uh that's why ghostbusters was so forced into my life that's true sigourney weaver was the big one that's why it came into mind yeah even even with um you know with oliver being i don't know about his parents what age they are but uh, you know for if they're even a little bit younger a lot of those people might not have really been there for them yeah whenever they were uh whenever they were watching this stuff so it might not have been instilled in him but that's the beauty of seeing how different generations it's true yeah whenever it's even just a couple years you know we're we're very much products of the late 80s early 90s teenage mutant ninja turtles uh, you know ghostbusters and then the power rangers following that and And even maybe pokemon with him so yeah that's yeah yeah i can't tell you just can't tell over there they're just gentlemen ghostbusters they wear suit and ties and slap the ghosts on the wrist with a ruler exactly (laughs) sorry to offend anyone out there but (laughs) all right so lots of ghostbuster stuff coming up this week in the next couple episodes so if you're not interested in that i'm sorry but then we'll you know what i think we're gonna do star trek the next week solely because i love star trek as well and I think that's going to be an interesting one, a turning point in a franchise that we should we should visit as well. May the force be with us. Yes. Um, so that'll do it. We'll see you guys next time for another episode of Diz Pop.